You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, hello and welcome to the fourth and final Women's History Month episode. Today I'm talking with Tiffany Coyne, co-host and model on the TV game show Let's Make a Deal, hosted by Wayne Brady. She and I talk about the audition process to book the show, the improv classes that she took in order to keep up with Wayne Brady, and how she balances the TV show with her family life. so crazy how life works because I had no idea like I honestly never thought that I would be doing it 11 years later welcome to why I'll never make it featuring conversations with fellow creatives about the realities of a career in the performing arts I'm your host Patrick Oliver Jones and your support for the ongoing work of this podcast would be greatly appreciated. If you can, please go to donate.winmepodcast.com. There you'll also find special access to members-only episodes. Again, go to donate.winmepodcast.com. The history of Let's Make a Deal spans more than 50 years. In the early 1960s, Password was actually the game show of game shows on television. And NBC had tried four different programs to compete with that daytime winner. Then in 1963, Let's Make a Deal aired for the first time, co-created and hosted by Monty Hall. Not only did Let's Make a Deal surpass and outlive Password, but it went on to be at or near the top of the ratings for nearly 10 years. And I found this to be crazy, but the show actually held the world record for the longest wait time in show business history. You see, from the time someone requested a ticket for the 350 seats available for each show, the wait time was two to three years to get in. So needless to say, it was popular with audiences live in the studio as well as on television. And because of the success, the show has had a long and varied broadcast history. It started on NBC, moved over to ABC, and that ended around 1976. It's been in syndication two or three times since then and had reboots in 1980, 1984, and 1990. A primetime edition was launched in 2003 with host Billy Bush, but was actually canceled after three of its five episodes aired. 
and is the only remount of the show to have not succeeded. Then, in 2009, CBS brought the show back, this time hosted by master comedian and improver Wayne Brady. But it was in that first season that Tiffany Coyne joined the show. But she actually wasn't the first model and co-host to be chosen. And Tiffany and I talk a little bit about that audition process and how it was that she came to join the show. Since that first season, Tiffany has only been absent from the show once, and that was during the 2013-14 season when she was on maternity leave with her first child. And in case that last name Coyne sounds familiar to you, two seasons ago I had Chris Coyne, her husband, on the show, talking about his own journey from Vegas, which is where he and I met along with Tiffany, and his transition from singer-actor into sound editor and mixer. You two met on a cruise ship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what cruise ship was that? Silver Sea. It's um, like a smaller line. It's kind of like the four seasons of the seas. Right. But it's awesome because they do a lot of small, um, like it's not the same run, the same itinerary over and over because it's a small ship. So they go into smaller ports. So we saw like all of the Northern Europe, like Baltic Sea, we did the crossing, the east coast of Canada and the States, the Caribbean. Like we did all of that within the six months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was a, quite an experience. <laughs> now, now at this point, you've been with Let's Make a Deal for, it's like 10 years now? Yeah. Well, we're taping season 11 right now. Wow. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I, yeah, I started, you know, halfway through season one. So almost the entire time. Yeah. And what was it like going from the dancing world to something that was a little different <laughs> than, than choreography every day? Um, well, they actually wanted me to speak. So I was like, what? <laughs> you know, as a dancer, you don't have to talk. You just, you just move. So, I mean, that aspect is totally different. And then um, just, I mean, I mean, in ways it's very similar and, knowing where I'm going and I have blocking on the show. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in that way, it's the same. And being, I guess, uh, graceful as I show the prizes in, in that way. But in every other way, it's pretty, pretty different. Um, with, especially with Wayne Brady as the host. Cause you never never know know. what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like the big improv guy. So I never know what he's going to say or what he's going to do. So um, that was getting used to that and having something to say back to him, <laughs> you know, instead of being like, <laughs> so, um, so did you have to kind of beef up your own improv game? Yeah, because I had, you know, I had no experience with that. So I took improv classes at the Groundlings, um, just to help with that, you know, so that I had quick comebacks and <laughs> just had something come out of my mouth, I guess. Right. And I assume that that helped you be on your feet a little bit more and, yeah. and be ready for whatever comeback was needed. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think for anyone in life, no matter what you do, improv classes can help. There, It was fun and I can't do it. Like I'm not like an improv person at all, but I just think it's helpful, you know, in any way. 
Yeah, because I took uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, which is here in New York, as well as they have uh, classes there in Los Angeles. And I, I, I went through their four main classes that they had. And yeah, I, I feel like that I, I'm pretty good at improv, but at the same time, it just enabled me, you know, a chance to get out of my brain and get out of my own way to just kind of let whatever responses, it, it's all about reaction. And you just, yeah. you see what happens and you react to it as you would. You know, whether yes. it's an absurd situation or whether it's, you know, grounded in some kind of reality. And, and and as you said, I think it's really helpful for any performer to kind of be able to have that that skill. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it took me a little while to realize that I can't really say anything wrong. Like, <laughs> you know, I was always worried about like screwing up, like, oh, my God, I don't want to say something. And have it be stupid or, you know, look dumb or whatever, you know what I mean? Or not be funny. And, and I, I realized, you know, what? it doesn't matter. <laughs> even, even if you do, they can edit it out or, you know, sometimes it just works. Even if it is silly and dumb, it just ends up working because, you know, it is improv. So it exactly. can all turn around and become fun or whatever. So, and so with a little while to, to, you know, be comfortable to just say whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so with the recording, they, they do, uh, I guess, go through it live, but then on the back end, they'll edit out whatever needs to be in order to, to get it in that hour format. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, depending on the day, sometimes we're over just because we've been having a lot of fun. Like it, you know, we really just mess around a lot on the show. <laughs> and Wayne and Jonathan, like, they're so silly sometimes. And sometimes they say things that, you know, can't even be on air. So, of course, that has to be cut out. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the magic of editing all does that. And <laughs> it's always nice to have on your side. Oh, yes. As a podcaster, I, I know the magic of editing, too. I, I, oh, this... you don't edit this, do you? This no, is... of course not. No, no, I just slap on an intro. <laughs> it's, it's beginning to end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, so I imagine some, as you mentioned, some crazy things happen on the show. And is it mostly from Wayne and just kind of the, the directions he goes? Or is it mostly from the contestants that come on the show? Um, well, I think, I think both. I think a lot, some of it's brought on by the contestants, depending on, <laughs> you know, what they say, what they do, what they're wearing. Um, and depending on Wayne's mood, if he wants to be playful with it, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like you just never know, like just in random, random things happen. Like I, I said the other day, I'm like, I have to stop letting men wear my high heels because there's been more than one time that either Wayne or Jonathan has ended up in my heels, wearing my heels during the show <laughs> for whatever random reason, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's just like, so it's so fun like that. And I think it's the only, really the only game show that is free and open like that, that, you know, something like that will end up happening and well, I, it's okay. Like we like right. it. And, yeah. I, and I think it's one of the few that the contestants really have a big part in in, in how the show goes. And, and, and do they kind of dictate the questions that you ask too sometimes? Like, hey, show me this, you know, based upon what they're wearing or this or that. There's, there's one every episode that's planned out and they tweet, you know, to get the whole social media thing going. They tweet what to bring. And that mm -hmm. one's always worth $500 so more than the others. And then the rest are just random things. It could be depending on their costume. So, you know, 
your, your ice cream. If you have a spoon on you, I'll give you. So it could be something like that that's related to their costume, or it could be something that's just totally random, like change or something like that. A tissue, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all just kind of random and silly. <laughs> and so is there a guest or maybe a, a few guests at this point that really stick out in your brain that like that was one of the craziest moments of the show? Gosh, there's been so many, so many. <laughs> but I do remember one woman that was so, uh, a lot of people come on and they just want to meet Wayne. That's mm -hmm. why they're coming on the show because they're such big fans of his. And there was one woman I remember, this was like seasons and seasons ago. And she was so, um, you know, just like enamored by him and want, like she was making him blush. And I've never seen that before because she was so kind of infatuated by him and but she was like a beautiful woman and he just didn't even know what to do because she was so kind of not even all over him i can't even remember what it was but it was just it was just funny and entertaining to me to see someone <laughs> make him kind of uncomfortable in that way right you know? right because you're right because he's the host he's normally in charge and kind of leads it but when someone catches him off guard yeah but i mean we just have we have kooky crazy people all the time and that's kind of the fun of it and they're dressed up in crazy costumes and you know they it's it's just the whole energy that's going on there so it's you never really know what you're going to get <laughs> from anyone and people come on too that um they're like i sing and they want to like share that and do that in front of everyone that's watching so right. they come on they sing they dance we have people do baton twirling like all all sorts of stuff so it's kind of so it's like a game show <laughs> slash variety hour. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Now, now for you in, in starting out, what was mm -hmm. that audition process like to be on the show? My agent, she was like, you know, I want to send you on this audition. Um, it's for a possible game show. And you're like, what? Like in Vegas, that's not really <laughs> a common thing, you know? Right. I'm like, okay. And it was one of those things. And I don't know if you ever feel this way. But you're like, okay. But then later, like the audition's coming up and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you ever feel mm -hmm. that way? Oh, okay. yes. So that's how I was feeling. And I think Chris was like, oh, just go. You never know. And I go and I can't remember what hotel it was supposed to be at, but I get there and there's like no one there. And I'm like, I don't know where it is. I don't know where anyone is. And I call my agent. She's like, let me call and find out. And then she calls me back and she's like, it's actually over at the Tropicana today. Yesterday it was wherever I was. Mm -hmm. And today it's at the Tropicana. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get to work. I barely have any time. So I ran over there. The At first they just had us model pride. I remember we had to like push something in on a cart and then like reveal it and then model it. Um so we had to do that part of it. But then they asked us questions because they did say, you know, we don't want just a model. We want someone that can interact with Wayne and the announcer, Jonathan. So they just kind of asked us questions about ourselves. And I remember like your favorite game show and things like that. Um, and then I, I was done with my audition and I was heading to Sirens because that's what I was doing at the time. And I remember I was like running out of there <laughs> because I was kind of late. And um, one of the casting directors came running after me and he's like, hey, he's like, don't leave so quickly. 
<laughs> when you're done with an audition, he's like, we want you to come back tomorrow. He's like, but can you make your hair look like this? And it was my Z card. And at the time, my hair, I had cut my hair short. And in the picture, my hair was longer and I didn't have bangs. And I'm like, uh, sure, I'll try, you know. So then I <laughs> did my best, came back the next day. Um, kind of the same thing. Um, just more modeling, asking questions, just kind of being silly, whatever. They just wanted to see your personality. But I didn't think, you know, I got excited when I got a call back. And then when I got another call back and I found out it was down to me and two other girls, then I was, you know, getting really excited. And, and then there was a final audition and Wayne was there because they wanted, you know, him to meet who it came down to and how we interacted with him. And yeah. And then, and how was that initial chemistry? Did, had you met Wayne before at all? I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, no, I hadn't met him, but I don't know if you remember my husband, he did, um, don't forget the lyrics. Chris was on that game show as a contestant and Wayne was the host. Um, and I went to the tapings, you know, that was kind of the closest I'd come and Chris had obviously met him. Right. Um, yeah. and, and the interaction, the chemistry obviously went really well in that audition. Yeah, it was good, but I didn't, I didn't get it in the beginning. It was down to me and two other girls and I didn't, I, I wasn't chosen. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, no. So someone else got it. And, um, it just, you know, for whatever reason, it, it, didn't work out and they brought me on halfway through season one. So. so when you didn't get it that first time, was that, was it something that you had kind of put some hopes and expectations on or, or were you able to kind of let that go? No, I was real. Like I was, you know, I was excited and I was, I was definitely hoping I would get it. And, you know, it was kind of perfect because we started filming in Vegas yeah, it would have uh, like it would have been an incredible experience. So I was I was definitely bummed when I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the opportunity to go and fill in, and it went well. And then when did they hand it to you full time? Um, not too long after, I filled in um, for a couple weeks, and then they offered it to me like permanently. And we ended up moving the show to LA only for like the last month of taping season one. So they just put me up at the Oakwood <laughs> and I went back and forth cause I was still doing sirens at TI. So I'd go back and forth. Um, I would work, um, I would do three days at sirens and then I would finish my show and we didn't get done till midnight. You know, the show mm. ended at midnight and I'd either drive, straight from finishing the show at like midnight or I'd wake up at like four in the morning and drive so I could be there here in LA for the taping the next morning. Oh my gosh. And we'd tape for four days and then I'd finish taping and then I'd drive back and do, do it all over again. <laughs> so it was crazy, but I loved it because it yeah. was, you know, such an experience. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in LA and, and we didn't know what was going to happen first season two, if it was even going to be picked up. And then, I don't know, a couple months later, I got a call and they said, we're, it's being picked up. We're going to continue it in LA. So, you know, if you want to do it, you have to move here. <laughs> was it a hard decision? Because you knew that you were going to be leaving the, basically the dance career behind, or at least maybe for a time, maybe you didn't know, but mm -hmm. you knew you were going to leave that behind. Was that 
a hard decision at all, especially to pick up your, uh, you and your husband and move? I was, I was very, I didn't feel like I was leaving my dance career, even though I really was <laughs> because, you know, LA, there's so much to do in the dance world here too. Um, now I thought that I would maybe get into that and I, I actually didn't. Um, I wanted to be doing the best I could at Let's Make a Deal. So I did the improv classes. I did hosting classes. I was mainly focusing on that. Mm -hmm. And I would go take dance classes. And then when I finally was like, okay, maybe I should look into getting a dance agent. Um, then we started talking about getting pregnant and having a baby. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not the right time. And then I just never, you know, I never did. Because then I, then I got to the point where I was like, you know, not like I was even old, but in the dance world, there's these kids that are like 18 and they're doing crazy stuff. And <laughs> it's just, you know, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like competing with them, you know, mm -hmm. at auditions. I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. I'll just take class and I'll be, you know, fulfilled by just doing that instead of, but I do miss, I still feel like I'm performing because, you know, let's make a deal. It's still a form of performing, but I do miss performing like dance wise. And do you miss the, uh, the, the stage that, that live theatrical feel as well? Yeah, but I, but I still, I feel like that's, um, I still kind of get that, you know, but yes, I, I like, I took a dance class, um, a month and a half ago, I think for the first time in forever since before, you know, I had Carter and he's 18 months and, you know, I was pregnant for nine. So I don't even know. It's been years and years since I took a class. So and how did that feel? It was, well, I went to like <laughs> basic, basic hip hop, which hip hop's <laughs> not even my thing. But my friend was like, do you want to go? So I went and it was, it was amazing. It was so much fun because I did, I didn't, we, we didn't, we didn't want to go to a class where we felt a lot of pressure <laughs> because, you know, it's LA and I didn't want to go and feel like, the person in the back that didn't know what they were doing. So we did, right. we just went to a basic class and it was so fun and the teacher was awesome and feels good, you know? Good. Hey, I, speaking of, I took a dance class with you once. Do you remember? Oh my you gosh. And Chris. Yeah. So yeah. So, so back in Vegas, there was um, this great, just sweet man who, who did a lot of teaching named Angelo. And, and so Chris and I had gone to him, like, I think a few times and yeah. yeah. And there was one time whenever you came along and there was a, a sub that day. Yeah. But um, yeah, I am not the dancer. And I, I've, I'm, I'm sure even after two years or however long it was, you were far superior to anything <laughs> I ever did in class. Like basically I only no, took- you did well though well i mean, I mean i've been dancing since i was like three so it's a little different but right. but you definitely you did well you okay well thank held your you. own in class yeah <laughs> i mean for, for me taking dance class is more or less so i can kind of figure out how my body needs to move whenever i you know whenever i'm called upon to do choreography so it, right. it I, I know i'm never going to be the dancer i'm just going to be someone who's going in the same direction as everyone else and, <laughs> yeah. and, and looks good <laughs> you're blending <laughs> exactly that's important yeah yeah as I had mentioned, Jubilee in Las Vegas is where I first met Chris and his wife Tiffany, all three of us having been in the show at various times in our career. Now, Jubilee is one of those old-fashioned rhinestone and feathers with topless girls and singers and spectacular sets and different scenes that 
don't really go together at all. There's a Samson and Delilah scene, the sinking of the Titanic, going right into You're a Grand Old Flag, along with a giant staircase with hundreds of showgirls coming down the steps. It truly is a 90-minute musical spectacular. And from its opening in 1981 until it closed in 2016, it became the longest-running production show in Las Vegas history. But while I was working with Chris in Jubilee in 2006 and 2007, Tiffany was at a show called Sirens at the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino. And Sirens involves pirate ships and people dancing and jumping from levels and cables, and I'll just let Tiffany explain it better. It was, I mean, originally it was a pirate show, so both ships had pirates on it, and then you know, to appeal to a wider audience, they um, put sirens on one ship and we lure the pirates in and end up sinking their ship. And then they swim over to our ship and there's sword fights and cable slides. And uh, mostly the guys, the pirates would like flip into the water, but we did have a couple girls that did that as well. But yeah, it was, it was a really fun show. Just like a free show out front, Treasure yeah. Island. Let's see. Let's see. Jubilee was their very first Vegas show, right? Yeah. Jubilee yeah. was the first. And then I did a show called Fashionistas. Oh, that's really right. Fun. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, technical dancing, like kind of like hardcore kick your butt. Mm -hmm. Really fun. And I did that for a few years. And then I went over to Sirens. So I just did the three. And so whenever Let's Make a Deal came along, was was it more seen as something in addition to your dance or did you, or was it billed as something that would be ongoing and? You know, I like had no idea. It's so, it's so crazy how life works because I had no idea. Like I, I honestly never thought that I would be doing it 11 years later. You know, <laughs> I didn't yeah. think that. And, and I think everyone like, even the first couple of years, we never thought it would still be going. Not because we didn't think it was great. We thought it was awesome, but it's really hard to, you know, keep a game show going for that long to be successful, whether yeah. it's good or not, you know, it's just, so now I plan on being like the next fan of white and doing it when I'm, you know, 60 years old. And that show is still <laughs> chugging along. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like in her 60s still doing it. So I'm like, we could just keep going. <laughs> we'll all just, Why not? you know, rolled with the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, sh the show's success really does have a lot to do with, uh, with Wayne and you. And the show has been nominated for Daytime Emmys, right? Yeah, it's been nominated many times. We have not, we haven't yet won. <laughs> but Wayne won. Wayne's been nominated a few times too. And he won um, this last year for Best Host. So that Wonderful. was really exciting. Yeah. And they've won a couple other for, you know, different things, I think like sound and um, actually like best um, original song, I think it was because Wayne and Kat is our keyboardist. They just make songs up on the fly and one of them was nominated and they actually won for that. Oh, wow. So we've won a couple, but never for show. So maybe maybe season 11 will be our year. Right, right. We'll Lucky see. 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would be so happy if it... I, I still, even after 11 years, I still enjoy going and I still love it. Just because every day is different. 
you never know what's going to happen. It's fun. The energy is amazing. The contestants are so excited. So I would, I would be happy doing that for years and years. <laughs> well, I, th I think that's what we all as performers hope to find, you know, I mean, yeah. some, some people like that variety and, and they like, you know, three months here, three months there and bouncing around. And, and believe me, I think that's, that's a lot of us, you know, you, even in Vegas, you, you bounced around from mm -hmm. show to show, but when we can find something, it's, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, being able to be creative, be, you know, on stage performing, but also have some stability with it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah, it is funny because even shows, even that show Fashionistas I told you about, I like, it was so fun and I love doing it, but after doing it night after night after night, like anything, you kind of get bored of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's, and not to say I'm never like, Oh, is it time to go home yet? I do feel that way, but I just, I just still really enjoy my job. And I think it is because it's different every day. So that, that aspect of it's really nice. And that stability has allowed you to plant roots in LA and have a family. Yeah. Besides just enjoying doing the show, the schedule is really amazing. We only um, tape for like five months out of the year. Mm. And then I'm pretty much just home being a mom other than that, that's wonderful. <laughs> which, is, which, yeah, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. It's really, really nice. So now you have those seven months to get back into dance to do, all, yeah, <laughs> to find yeah. all that again. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to. That's one of my goals is to take more class and do some stuff for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And 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 with your with your kids now, are they starting to be little performers wow. themselves? <laughs> oh my goodness. So, we had a really fun episode um this year. It was the first time and it was called Kids Rule the World. So, we had kids in the audience, which we've had kids in the audience before, but usually um they come down and they play with their parents. So, it's like a family that comes down and they play. Mm -hmm. It's been like Halloween episode or Christmas episode, but this one was, um, even though their parents were sitting in the audience with them, it was just the kids that came down and played. So they just came down by themselves and they were the contestant, you know, making the deal with Wayne. And so in addition to that, they had all of our children come on and they did one whole act. So from commercial to commercial by themselves without us. Oh, so wow. Scarlett did my job. She modeled. And then Wayne's daughter, Miley, hosted. And then Jonathan, the announcer, has two boys. And one of them announced and the other one played the keyboard for Kat. So it was so fun. And Scarlett was like, she, she said to me after, I think, just going out there the first time, she's like, um, mommy, I really like being on TV. <laughs> oh, oh no. Boy. Oh boy. Here what have you go. done? <laughs> I know. But she was, I was like, she did so great and she was so cute and she was the youngest. Um, the other kids were Miley's 16 and then Jonathan's sons are, I think 15 and like 13, somewhere around there. So Scarlett, she's only six years old. So right. she was definitely the youngest, but she did so great and she was so cute and she loved it. So they stuck around and did the whole show with us. Right. Um, but that one part she just did by herself and yeah, she, she was really into it. So 
yeah, Chris and I were like, oh, I don't know. Should we, should we get him into it? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's always the dilemma because you, you know, you want them to enjoy it and not be afraid of it, but at the same time, they they, they need to know what they're in for. But you know, yeah. at, at at six years old, just you know, I I guess let her have fun with it for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll see. And you know, Carter, he's a little cutie. Everyone's like, oh, he should model. But you know what? It's like I know parents that have kids that are in the industry as actors or models or whatever, and it it's a lot of work for the parents, like driving them around. Yeah. So, you know, maybe when I'm off some off time, maybe we could do that a little bit, but we'll see. Do you ever miss the time in Vegas being back there, or has L.A. surpassed that? It took me a long time, like I don't even know, like a few years, so that L.A. felt like home. Um, I missed Vegas a lot for a while because I had such good friends there. And when you're, when you're in the industry there dancing or singing or whatever you're doing, um, I feel like you become very close with those people, uh, you know, because you spend so much time with them and it's just fun being around performers. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I, it was, it was hard to leave for that aspect, to leave all of my friends and everything. Um, now I've been here for what, like 10 years almost. So now I, you know, I have, I have those close relationships and one of my best friends moved here. So <laughs> that was nice. That always one of my, helps. Yeah. yeah. One of my friends from Sirens moved here and we're really close. So I, I don't miss Vegas anymore, but that's not to say I would never, I would move back to Vegas because I, I really enjoyed living there. And mm-hmm. it's just a, you know, it's such a small town compared to here. And I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Vegas has this like huge reputation and everyone knows about the, you know, the shows and the gambling casinos, the, the spectacle of it all. But it, yeah. it really is a town that has the, the one strip, the main mm-hmm. strip of everything. And then there's just kind of neighborhoods around it. Yeah. And that's, and that's really the, the, the whole town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easier. And, you know, it just here it's traffic and, you know, it's just a little bit easier life there. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if for whatever reason we ever wanted to make a change, we would probably consider Vegas going back there, but yeah, yeah, but I'm not, yeah, I think I'm, I'm past that, but for a while I missed it for a long time. Yeah. How about you? Did you miss it when you moved away? Well, for me going to Vegas was with one goal in mind was to, I had a job to be in Jubilee and Mm -hmm. then it was, you know, the six-month contract, do I sign? Do I re- and I, th- I thought, well, it would be nice to have, since they offered it to me, I was like, yes, I, I, I will stay on. But I always was looking for the next thing. And so Vegas, even whenever I went, felt like a transition. It was, okay, I'm just going to hold here until I figure out my next plan. Oh, yeah. 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 So it was... I mean, I, I I will say it was one of the least expensive places I've ever lived because it, <laughs> yes. this housing I like that part of it too, yeah. Right, right. Housing was much cheaper than you know than New York, and it, it yeah. was in some ways it, it was it was cheaper than Orlando as well, which is where I came from. So it it, it yeah. was and 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 you're right, it was just a lot easier to get around. You know, if you're driving down the strip, yeah, that's kind of crazy. But if you're one of the locals, you know how to get around that, and so it yeah. was. Uh, for all the the lights and technology that's there, there's so much nature and beauty yeah. to explore in Vegas, which is what I really liked. Yeah, you could drive like 20 minutes and be on a snowy mountain, or in the other direction, the Red Rock Mountains, and yeah, right, yeah, it's pretty. 
Yeah. Now, last year, last season, I interviewed Chris, and, and he talked a little about that transition from Vegas to LA. And for you, you know, you have the job coming there, and he kind of had to kind of find his own way and what LA was going to mean to him. And yeah. now that he's established as, you know, as his own sound editor, and he has he has that job. Mm -hmm. um, is, is, is there ever any like, you know, who's who's doing what and, 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 and this and that? Somehow, it just, you know, things just work out. Whereas, sometimes when I'm off, he gets crazy busy. Like he was working nonstop and then things kind of calmed down the week before I started work, which was nice because mm -hmm. then he can be with the kids a little bit more. And it's just kind of worked out in a, in a really great way yeah. like that. And I love seeing him enjoying something, you know, because he did, he picked up and moved away from Vegas to come here with me and it's different here trying to work as an actor or a singer. It's just a totally different thing than in Vegas, you know? Yeah. So um, then him transitioning into the audio, like post audio side of it. Um, I don't know. I was just worried about him missing performing, but he, he enjoys what he's doing so much. And I think it ties in with, singing and acting and just being a lover of like television and movies so it it's nice to see him doing something that he likes even though it's not being on stage right so. a lot of times we see you know whether it's tv film whether it's being on stage we performers see kind of one direction or, or, or one path for us as far as being creative being fulfilled in this industry but you two have shown examples of you may not be dancing anymore but you're still using those skills and you, you gained even more skills of improv chris may not be singing and acting anymore but as you said he's still using that in in an audio capacity to to, to make sound better so i think it's really important that we all realize that paths may diverge but we can still utilize the creativity and artistry that we love so much Oh, for sure. And you can still, like I said, I can still go take class and still, you know, dance in that way and be mm -hmm. fulfilled in that way. And Chris as well, he can sing or, you know, do whatever, like he wrote that EP and things like that so that we still feel like we're doing it. But yeah, I think, I think for both of us, we kind of uh, were lucky to go through it to a path that like, we're still somewhat doing what we loved and we were initially doing, but um, something that's maybe more sustainable for us that we can continue doing for a longer time. You know what I mean? For most of us, it's going to be a zigzag pattern of from this job and then maybe something related to it and then maybe something not related at all. Yeah. So it's, it's always a back and forth. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Tiffany, this has been so good to catch up with you. It's been so long oh, since we've, uh, since we've chatted. I know. It's been so great. Well, yeah. thank you for being on the podcast so much. Thank you. It's very fun. <laughs> well, as always, thank you for joining me and Tiffany today. For more information, you can look in the show notes for ways to follow Tiffany and Let's Make a Deal on social media. There's also a link to the WinMe website and ways that you can support and contribute to the ongoing effort in producing this podcast. Join me and Tiffany again for the final five questions coming up in the next episode, where I'll also be doing a feature 
on the history of female game show hosts on television. Until next time, I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is Why I'll Never Make It. Do you see yourself getting back into maybe teaching dance or something like that again? Yeah, I don't know if I would go that route. Um, Scarlett takes dance and I go in there and, you know, I enjoy just sitting and watching her. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be the teacher dealing with uh, with all the kids, but you never know. Maybe, maybe in the future I'd want to do that again. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.